BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth, and today's episode is exciting, actually. We have Emma on from Comments by Celebs. I'm sure you guys have seen them all over Instagram. They run some of my favorite accounts to follow. They have great podcasts. I mean, they're just doing so much. So we are covering it all. We're talking about starting the account, the branding, Free Britney, something I'm very passionate about. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. If you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, join our Facebook group, follow the Instagram. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for this episode. My best friend, Jess, is so obsessed with your podcast. So she like thinks I'm the coolest person in the world right now. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hi, Jess, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I want to get straight into it. I have so much to say. I think you guys are so cool. But I want to start off like, when did you originally get into pop culture? You know, I've really been interested in this stuff my whole life. Like I, I always say that I remember when it would be the Oscars and I was growing up every year, I would sit down with a notebook and a pencil and I would make my parents let me stay up. And I would just write down what everybody was wearing so that I could go into school the next day when I was like, literally in sixth grade and talk about it with the teachers. Like I've just always had that fascination and it always was such a form of escapism for me. So, you know, it became my career in 2018, but it's always been something that I've been really excited and passionate about. I love that. When I was prepping for this interview, I was thinking about like my first memories of pop culture and like certain things that really stood out. I remember, so my uncle's in radio. So I grew up at so many concerts, like solely because we got tickets through him And I remember in kindergarten, my parents took me front row to a Britney Spears concert. And that was like still, I think the peak of my life to this day, but also like I was in kindergarten. I feel like that explains a lot about me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's still, I don't care how old you are. That's, that's definitely a highlight, especially now. Yes. And then also, oh my God, I have not told the story enough for the amount of just like, this is actually the coolest thing that ever happened to me. So one time I have to tell you this because you'll actually probably think this is cool. This is how like my life as Kenzie Elizabeth, like the lifestyle influencer, whatever you want to call it began. Right. So I 
was backstage at like a Jingle Ball concert because my uncle was working for Kiss FM at the time. It was a Justin, the one with the curly hair from American Idol. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but I had just lost his autograph. I was really young. I was crying outside. And for some reason, it was Beyonce was there, right? They stop me. Beyonce stops me and compliments my outfit. I will tell you exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing a, like the children's place. This is how young I was, right? Children's place coats, patchwork with fur. And that was the day that Kenzie Elizabeth was born. And I will just never forget it. I mean, what a time. What a time. Wow. That's like something you put on your resume, to be honest with you. That's no, literally. Year. I think at one point it was my Instagram bio. So like same day, you know? <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about when you guys made the account, how this became your career. Like, please just tell me everything. Yeah, so it was in April 2017. That's when Instagram changed the algorithm because if you remember, like back in the day, comments weren't sorted by verification. So it was only, you know, in terms of most recent comments. So there were so many celebrity comments that were getting lost because they were never filtered. And when they made that change, which originally I found out later, the change was actually made to help celebrities see what their celebrity friends were saying. You know, the fact that we created this business out of it was kind of just a byproduct, but we saw that algorithm change. I made the account. I texted Julie. I was like, you're the only person I want to do this with. At the time we were friends, but we were not nearly as close as we are now. I just trusted her like take on pop culture and her humor. And that's kind of where it started. And we kept it a secret for the first year or so. And then it started to kind of blow up by blow up. I mean, like we hit 80,000, I think. And that's when we said, okay, let's tell people that it's us, like just our friends. And, you know, then I kind of deferred my second year of grad school, Julie deferred even applying to grad school. And we made this a full-time thing. So it really took off, I would say in the course of a year. So what were some of the posts in the first year that were kind of popping off? Well, the first post ever that we did was, and this was way before, you know, it got any sort of recognition was, I think a Courtney and Scott back and forth, because obviously we were obsessed with that. And there was some Kim in Paris. That's when people weren't sure if the feud was still going on or not. And then, you know, one of our first posts that I think really started to make headlines was when Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, like kind of confirmed their relationship via comments, um, via emojis. And we posted it and like, it was everywhere. And that's kind of when we realized like, wait a second, news is going to start breaking in the comment section. And we have this platform, like, let's be the first ones to cover it. So it really shifted from, this is just a fun, humorous thing to this could be humorous. And also we could be breaking news. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is quite breaking news. You guys also have expanded into so many different things. So when you guys hit 80,000 and you're like, okay, I'm going to really focus in on this. At that point, were you guys, like, what was your plan? I'm sure it's expanded since, but was it like brand collaborations or what were you thinking at that point? You know, at that point, so that was, let's say like February, 2018. So we had been doing it for about a year. And at that point I was at Columbia, like I was fully prepared to go for my second year with my master's. I was not anticipating to do this. So when we decided we can really make this into something, to be honest with you, I knew it was going to be big, but I was thinking kind of uh, small scale in the beginning of like, I just want to grow this one account bigger. I want to, yeah, of course, get brand deals. Our first brand deal ever was August, 2018. But in terms of a podcast and things like that, in the beginning, this really happened by accident. So the brand vision was not nearly as kind of like wide or vast as, as it is now, because a few months later, like in July, when we were approached to do the podcast, that wasn't even something on my mind, you know, like it was maybe a dream, but not something I thought would happen that soon. I love the episode, your first episode about like the dinner table. I'm like, that's also such a good like 
conversation starter, even just out at dinner with friends. Like it was just right? so good. Oh my God. Okay. I think it's so cool. So as you guys decide to scale, like what was the next thing you guys did? Was it the podcast or was it like starting other accounts? Like, where did you go? So yeah, the first thing we did was the podcast, I guess. I mean, the second thing. And what happened was Betches approached us and they said, you know, we're trying to expand our podcast. We would love you guys to do one. And I remember I, Julie was still at school. I went into the office by myself. I had a meeting with Sammy and the rest of the team who I still love. I mean, we're no longer with them. And they kind of just said, you know, let's just put you guys in a room and let's test it. And I remember Julie and I sitting there being like, what the fuck? Like, who is allowing us to do this? I remember we had the headsets on and we just felt like this is so crazy. And I remember the first day we decided, you know, we're okay, we're actually going to do this. We had done a test. It went well. And we wanted to have a big celebrity guest. And at that point, Kelly Ripa had been a really big supporter. And I called her and I was like, Kelly, I have a question. Like we were starting this podcast and we really needed an inaugural guest. Will you be the first one? And she was so like genuinely and enthusiastically excited for us. And she was like, yes, of course I would love to. And so she came in and I remember, you know, like in those moments when something feels so crazy that you almost can remove yourself from your body and look at it like yes. almost you're off ground. That's how I felt. I remember we got out of the podcast room and she was standing there taking pictures of someone in the office. And I remember looking, being like, this is insane. Like Julie, we just started this because we wanted to watch Courtney and Scott comment. And now we're doing this podcast with Kelly. Like what? So that was kind of when it started. And then, you know, we started comments by athletes. We started comments by Bravo. And we realized that there were a lot of niche communities that we could really tap into. This episode is brought to you by Bright Sellers. Bright Sellers is the wine subscription box that pairs you with wine you'll love delivered to your door. Whether you're new to wine or you've been drinking wine for years, Bright Sellers pairs you with unique wines using their crazy accurate algorithm. Just take their 30 second quiz, let the wine magic happen, and they'll pair you six wines that fit your taste profile. I love so many things about Bright Sellers. I am not the most educated wine drinker. I really, I, it was hard for me to even decide what I like until I took this quiz. And I actually loved all of the wines they sent. It's also really nice to just have wines on hand and save a trip to the store. They also have wine education cards so I can learn about the wine tasting notes, the serving temperatures, and know what foods pair well with my wine, which make me feel very smart and mature. I had dancing juice and I loved it, but you can always switch up the amount of red and whites if you're a seasonal wine drinker and you can skip an order whenever you want. The best part is that if you do not like the bottle of wine, Bright Sellers will work with you to include a replacement bottle in your next order. To top it all off, Bright Sellers members can get access to premium, sustainable, sparkling, and biodynamic. And for my listeners, we are giving you 50% off your first six bottles from Bright Sellers. Head to brightsellers.com slash I love you. That's Bright Sellers. B-R-I-G-H-T-C-E-L-L-A-R-S dot com backslash I love you to receive 50% off your first six bottle order. Bright Sellers helping you discover wines you love one glass at a time. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up.
You guys have also done a really good job creating like relationships with celebrities, right? So how have you managed the kind of in between like the stigma almost of like being a fangirl or do you think there is a stigma versus having like real genuine relationships with the celebrities? You know, I think like the number one thing that it comes down to is obviously just having a level of respect for them and like not putting their privacy or not putting your desire for virality above their privacy. Cause that can happen, you know, very easily. And clearly that's just not something that Julie and I would ever do. But I think, you know, you can like almost differentiate between the person as a celebrity and what they are to the public. And then like, they're just human beings. And at the end of the day, you know, you just have to remember that. And I have to say, I realize that far more quickly than I would have anticipated to, because I'm a fan, like I'm such a fan at the end of the day, but I don't know. I guess you just see so many behind the scenes things that you realize like we're all the same. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned something about not putting like your virality over their privacy. Like how are you able to know where that line is? Yeah. You know, I don't really have like a scientific or analytical answer for that. Cause I find that so much of what we do is just like based on intuition kind of, I, I really feel like we've trusted our gut this whole time, but I don't know. I think honestly, a lot of it is just like having emotional intelligence and thinking, okay, if I was them, would I want this out? I guess the best way to put it is that the thing with what we do is it's not like, you know, TMZ or getting information that they wouldn't want out there because at the end of the day, they're posting these comments. So if they're posting the comment, they're down with it being public, but sometimes we'll see a reaction to something and be like, you know what? They probably regret ever posting this in the first place. And we'll just decide to pass on it because it's just not worth it. Or we'll find out something behind the scenes that we just like won't say on the podcast because we probably shouldn't have known it in the first place. And we wouldn't feel good if like we were on the receiving end. So I guess we just try to like humanize the entire experience as much as we can while still being authentic. Okay. That makes so much sense. Cause before I was like, I don't understand because if they're posting it, but I, I totally understand the backlash thing. Okay. For the podcast, who is your current dream guest? It's like, so I'm sure a lot of people would think this is embarrassing, but for me, it's always, it's Kim Kardashian, just hands down. I, Oh my God, that is not embarrassing. That's a great answer. It's funny because I find that a lot of people on our page, like not podcast listeners, but on the actual comments by celebs page are like not Kardashian fans, which is totally fine. I respect that. But for me, I just respect Kim like on such a business level. And I find her mind to be, oh my God, like fascinating. I could learn so much. So to me, she's definitely the number one. I respect the Kardashians so much for what they've built, especially Kim. How do you, okay, how do you feel about the show ending? Oh, well, first of all, did you watch last night? I actually did. And I honestly, I'm pretty bad about watching any TV currently. So I was pretty proud of myself, but I did watch, yes. It was so good, right? So good. Oh my God. For anybody who didn't watch, you guys need to. We got so much like Scott and Sophia insight. It was really interesting, but I, I was emotional. Like I honestly, you know, the thing is we followed this family for 20 seasons since what, 2006, 2007. And so they really come into your home and have become a part of your everyday. And I think, you know, what Julie and I say is the reason that we're going to miss the show, it's not like, you know, then you're no longer exposed to them. They're everywhere. They're on social media. But the thing is when something happens in the news, you know, that six months down the line, you're going to get the behind the scenes. So for example, we watched Scott and Sophia break up in the headlines, but now we're getting to see his conversation with Courtney. Like that is a really unique experience that you don't get among other A-listers. And that is what I'm really going to miss. I think. I think that's really honestly where everyone's at. Anyone that I've talked to, the show has been a constant for so long. I mean, it's crazy. No one saw 
the level of success. I mean, how could you ever? They're probably the most famous family to ever exist. Also, individually, they just all are like their own empires, right? But it's so crazy if you go back and think to, you know, the first season, like what their lives would be now. I just have so much respect, especially in the business aspect. But I too am sad about the show. Isn't there another show coming on Hulu? I'm confused. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but they have a deal with Hulu. So I... I would not be at all surprised if they shift into just something a little bit different. Like that's just streaming because when it, you know, at the end of the day, the money that you can make in linear television is nowhere near what you can do in streaming. And I think, you know, they're a business first. So I would not be surprised if they do some sort of spinoffs there. Like I really wouldn't be at all. I completely agree. Also, it just makes sense to move to streaming, even though it feels like, I mean, E, it's really just like, that is so Kardashian to me. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about your Overheard LA collab. Yeah, I would love to. What happened? Can you tell us the story? Yeah, so we started this account with Overheard LA called Overheard Celebs, where basically we kind of just post lighthearted, fun, or heartwarming interactions that people have with celebrities. And the way that it started was I've been kind of friendly with the Overheard team and for a while now. I don't know. They've been really kind to us since we first started this. And we met them a couple of times in LA. And one night I was talking to Jesse, who's the founder. And we were like, we really want to do something. We really want to do something. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to think on it. And we hung up and I had this moment. I was like, this is what it should be. And I remember I called them, like I called Julie, Isabel, Jesse and Bridget. And I was like, is this a good idea? Or am I just like, did I just really get ahead of myself? And they liked it as well. We, of course, together fine-tuned it. And that's kind of how we came up with Overheard Celebs. And it's been really fun to do. And it's, I think, exciting for both of us because it's a different type of content, but it's still that same umbrella of just like feel good. So, you know, we've seen success with it because an interesting byproduct is we post these stories about these celebrities. And then oftentimes the celebrity themselves will comment saying, you know, yeah, I remember that happening or reaching out to the person. So then we can post that on comments by celebs. So it's like kind of meta. (laughs) Yeah, that is actually really great. What is your favorite like story that you guys have gotten for the celeb page? Oh, there's been so many. I think for me, I like as much as I like the funny ones, I think I prefer more of like the heartwarming ones. Like, okay, I loved this one. When Tom Felton, there was this girl said, I'll read it. Last Christmas, my mom's sister and I went to London. My dad had just passed from cancer. So we spent the holiday in his favorite city. We got tickets to a show and Tom Felton sat next to my mom. She had no idea who he was. Tom chatted with her for the entirety of the intermission. We left the theater and my mom said, that nice man offered me some milk duds. I love those. My mom had felt invincible since losing my dad, but Tom really made her feel special. And then he commented saying like, I remember it vividly and responded to everyone in the comments. And I was like, that is so full circle. I love that. That is so sweet. I saw that one. I just, I don't know. I love stories like that, especially, you know, when the past year has just been all over the place. I think stories like that, like that's why the accounts have done so well because yes, people love pop culture and yes, but I think also like the connections and on top of it, the fact that the celebrities are remembering these stories, I think people just assume they're going to forget for some reason. They don't view them as like normal, real human beings. I, I don't know why, but that's just such a sweet story. I love that so much. Thank you. Me too. I agree. I think people are just like looking for kindness right now because the world is so like so sad almost. Okay, guys, I am here today to tell you guys about something that is really changing my life. Honestly, my hydro jug. It is making me drink so much more water. 
if I'm out of the habit of drinking a lot of water, I just kind of, I'm not my best, right? But when I'm drinking enough water, especially due to my hydro jug, it is helping improve my energy. It curbs appetite. It's mental clarity. I get clear skin as well, which is amazing. And it's just overall so good for you, right? 75% of Americans are dehydrated. Water is crucial to your health. Every cell and tissue of your body requires water to function. And not just any amount of water, but a gallon a day that can make a huge impact on your overall health. I have a few reasons why I love my Hydro Jug. It holds half a gallon of water. There's a leak-proof seal, wide mouth opening, a carry loop, integrated handle, measurement scale, BPA-free plastic. It's dishwasher safe, shatterproof bottle. Um, the sleeve insulates your contents as well. The sleeve also has two pockets, right? So one for your phone and other smaller accessories such as your keys or AirPods. I carry this with me literally everywhere. It doesn't matter if I'm going to work out. It doesn't matter if I'm in bed. It doesn't matter if I'm in my office working. It is at my side nonstop and it has made me drink so much water, guys. It's so important. I'm feeling so much better as well. So be sure to go check them out. You guys can head over to thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use my code I love you for 10% off your purchase. Again, that is thehydrojug.com. Use code I love you for 10% off your purchase. Okay, let's talk a little bit about mental health. I also want to talk about mental health in in two regards, right? So how do you create boundaries with like what you talk about versus what you don't talk about for other people's mental health? And then also how are you guarding your own mental health while working in social media? Um, I know that's such a hot topic because so many people are having problems with that. Yeah, you know, in terms of topics, like when it comes to the podcast, I think that we are, we try to be at least really intentional and really sensitive. And so- We'll always try to give, you know, trigger warnings if there's anything we're talking about that we think could potentially be upsetting to somebody listening. And I think like the the whole idea of just having compassion, regardless of what you're talking about, as long as that's the constant principle, I think you'd be surprised at how you can tackle even some of the hardest subjects with like a lot of grace, because, you know, like Kanye is a good example. When we were talking about that, I am not really a fan of Kanye. I don't happen to like him. However, if we're going to preach so much about that, we have to take mental health seriously and all these things. Then when it comes to Kanye, we can't all of a sudden abandon that principle just because I don't happen to like him as a person. So like, I think just maintaining that constant for everyone is, I guess, what we try to do. And then, you know, for myself, I, I don't know. I, well, I will say, I guess the number one boundary that we've put up is that like, Julie and I knew from the very beginning, we don't want to be famous. So we never post ourselves on the account. Our personal accounts are private. We don't do any video like interviews. So that's the biggest boundary for me because fame is terrifying and it's the last thing I ever want. So like, I think that's what has really preserved my mental health, but I definitely could get better about taking a little bit more of a separation. I have a hard time with that a bit. I get really like into it and I forget that sometimes I need to just put the phone down. I love what you said about Kanye. Like even though anyone may not like him as a person, you still you know, having some sort of empathy, I think might be the word for, you know, someone's mental health journey. Like we are on a, a generation that's trying to be more aware and trying to be more empathetic. But at the same time, I think it's been very apparent when you see things like what's happened with Kanye and the reaction to that, it is really hypocritical. And I do think that's such a great approach. And then as well as actually talking about like you in general, I think working on social media, I mean, I know working in social media definitely has its downfalls. I think especially with mental health or I don't know if you can relate to this, but just being somewhat of like an entrepreneur, someone who isn't 
in just like maybe the most standard like nine to five. And whereas I feel like sometimes things can just fall back on me a little bit. And I think anyone can relate to this in, you know, different areas of their lives. But because of that, I feel like I can get just a little bit more in my head and it's on online and it's so easy to compare yourself. And have you ever like struggled with like maybe comparison on the internet for like your different accounts or for like, I think maybe, I don't know if the word is like ageism or whatever, but how you expect that you need to be at an exact spot at a certain time when you are in such a creative industry and something probably different than you expected because it's so new. Do you ever feel like you're dealing with like that side of like the coin with those problems? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, I think for me, like everybody has their thing that is hard for them. And I think for me, comparison has never been something that plagues me. Like I really do believe that quote that they say, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. I really like choose to live by that because I do believe like you don't know what somebody has going on. So as much as something or where they're at in their business may seem really admirable, you don't know what they could be dealing with. So that particular thing is not my issue necessarily. But I think your initial point about how working in social media and not having, and you know, in my case, working for myself, like I'm very grateful because I knew that I'm not the type of person that would do well in a corporate setting. I really like having the creative freedom and I'm incredibly grateful to that. However, there's no boundaries in place then, you know, it's not like, okay, I can sign off at 5 PM and I'm still going to get the same salary that I would have gotten regardless because those are my hours. So you almost have to take it a step further and be on yourself to take that time off. And so when you're working for yourself and directly how much work you're putting in is directly correlated to how much you're making, I can struggle with that a little bit, but the comparison isn't necessarily what gets me. It's some other things. I actually completely agree and relate to what you just said. Comparison is not what gets me, but the fact that I don't just clock in and clock out and things are, you know, relying on me as far as income, salary, whatever it is. I completely, completely agree. It's something that I've had to work more intentionally on, especially with creating boundaries, especially when it has to do with your phone, because it's so easy. I want to talk a little bit about Free Britney. And what are your thoughts, especially when we're talking about mental health? Yeah, just what are your thoughts on Free Britney? Oh my God. I mean, that documentary Framing Britney was phenomenal. And anybody listening, I highly, highly recommend watching it. It was part of the New York Times series. I think it is one of the biggest mysteries, honestly, in pop culture, because it is some of the most guarded information there is. Like as much as we feel that we know, and as much as has been divulged, I think there's so much that is still unknown. And honestly, I think that that's like very intentional because if we knew more, I think we'd be even more horrified than we already are. But it just, it really saddens me that somebody with such profound talent and such a kind heart and has so much love around her in terms of her fans and really is like such a beloved figure in the world has been taken advantage of in this way. It makes me feel really helpless is, is kind of the best way I can put it. I completely agree. I love Brittany. And I remember listening to the podcast, I want to say maybe two years ago, uh, maybe a year ago. I have no time frame ever. I'm always off, but I remember listening to the podcast a long time ago and always kind of following along the case. And, you know, there's always the people who are like speculating on Instagram and all that stuff. But what really got me, I think in the, you know, the recent doc was I never realized how horrible they had treated her. And by they, I mean, paparazzi or even, you know, host on 
TV shows or whatever, like the questions that they asked her. And then people are surprised to like see that she's not doing well. I think that level of pressure and also invasion of privacy and not feeling like you even honestly like are in charge of yourself. It is horrible, like absolutely horrible. Yeah. Oh, my, it's unfathomable. That's the thing. They, they almost removed her humanity from her. It was like they could they really could separate what I was talking about earlier between like separating the person and then the fact that they have this celebrity. There's a, the other side of that is to do it in a really toxic way where you straight up just choose to forget their humanity. And that's what happened to her. And it is I mean, what that documentary really brought to light was like the intensive misogyny that runs deep in the media industry. And clearly we have a long way to go. However, I will say that watching that, I did feel like we have come a long way because the way that she was treated in those, some of those questions asked a reporter would have been like, not that I believe it all in cancel culture, but quote canceled for a lot of the things that went down in some of those interviews, if they were to happen now in 2021. And that in and of itself, like speaking just from the culture of media and how it's progressed does make me hopeful. Okay, guys, we are back talking about Ana Luisa because I am still obsessed. If you guys are not aware, this is my new favorite jewelry. I couldn't be more obsessed. Also, I've been getting a lot of compliments recently and it just makes me feel great, you know? Ana Luisa was founded to bring clarity to the jewelry industry. They design pieces with a more beautiful story from beginning to end, starting with recycled materials, whenever possible, transparent business practices always, and small batches that are kind to the earth. They worked with handcrafted jewelry that comes in limited batches. So this ensures the highest production standards while also eliminating excessive waste. They're also carbon neutral, which means that the brand offsets 100% of their carbon emissions, starting with sourcing of their raw materials all the way to the disposal of their pieces. It's exceptional quality, long lasting pieces crafted with care from the best noble metals. If something happens to the jewelry, the brand offers a 365 day warranty, which is crazy. I love their sustainable mission and it just made sense to tell you guys. My earrings that I wear every day are the Sear earrings. They are so cute, but also so unique. They also have a really cute mama's necklace that I actually want to get for both my mom and a few friends that are expecting. That's another great thing about them. They're really great for gifts. And I love gifts. I love gift giving. You guys know this. We talked about this um, and they're my new go-to. I love the jewelry. It's dainty. It's chic every day. Timeless. I love that it's affordable. It's great quality and it's long lasting. So you guys can go to analuisa.com slash I love you. Go treat yourself and your loved ones and use my code I love you to get 10% off. I absolutely recommend them. They're a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So you guys can go check it out. analuisa.com slash I love you using code I love you. Watching that was so eye-opening. I was younger at that time. Like these are things that I don't even remember happening. Like I know I've seen it. I know I've probably watched it, but you're so young. You don't even... Like I was like five at this point, right? But now I can't believe it. And yes, you're right. Like this would never fly now, which is for lack of a better word, encouraging as to where we're going, which is also like really sad to even say, but it's just been so sad to watch and follow along and just see, I can't even imagine. Like I really hope that there is a day where we get like an Oprah Winfrey interview or something to where, you know, she's free and taken care of again. And also, yes, there has to be so much more that we don't know, which is honestly even more horrifying. Well, did you see, I think it was like two days ago. I think it was a Harper's Bazaar article and I have no idea the legitimacy to this. It could be complete bullshit, but saying that, you know, Brittany potentially doing sit down with Oprah and I, I can't get my hopes up because I like would so badly want that, but 
I wonder if maybe her father really is permanently replaced because I know she just filed for that. If maybe then she would do some sort of a tell-all because you can tell she is so much that she wants to say. However, I think her children are her number one priority. And so she doesn't want to say anything that then she could be like, quote, punished when it comes to her children. That's just my gut on it. Absolutely. I saw the article today. I actually immediately like retweeted, faved all of it. Yeah, I do think that she is thinking family first, obviously. And I also think that whenever hopefully this ends, which I know is next to impossible with the case and like clearly the documentary, like really stressed how difficult that is. I do think that there will be a tell all. I don't see her you know, getting out of this and staying quiet for the, forever. Even I'm thinking back to the doc and I think it was, I'm not going to be able to pinpoint exactly what it was, but I want to say she was in Vegas. Maybe it was when she first got her residency and she just walked down the aisle and didn't say anything to anyone. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. When she, yes. In the black dress. Yes. And that was so crazy too. Cause I'm like, there's just so many things where it's so clear now, but at the time, I don't think anyone even really knew what was going on. And, you know, again, if a guy had done this and if a guy, it would have just been totally different. Like Britney's deemed as, you know, quote crazy and all these things. And it's just so sad to have seen like what has happened. And I'm glad that there are things like the documentary that are coming out in the podcast and the whole free Britney community, because it is so sad. Yeah. And I will just say also regarding this, that I think, you know, to have the level of commitment and dedication from her fans really speaks to the magnetic person that she is because a lot of people have fans, but it's one thing to just be kind of like a silent fan. It's another thing to literally be part of this movement. And her fans are the ones that are outside those courtrooms. Like that is dedication. And there are celebrities that are just as famous that would never draw that type of dedication. I think that really speaks to who she is, not only as a performer, but also as a person. Completely agree. I think a lot of us view Britney too as, you know, I even said this, like Britney was really the first like pop culture icon that I was like obsessed with. I loved her, bought everything, like went to all the concerts, all of that. And I think at the same time, it almost feels like even with everything that's happened in the past few years, it almost feels like, you know, she's such a in like an integral part of so many of ours like childhood as well. And I do think that she, it, I mean, she is such a magnetic person. You feel so connected to her. You love her. She's like just incredible, incredibly talented. And I really agree with you. I do think that's such a beautiful thing just about her in general. It's so unbelievably sad, but I really do have a lot of hope. And I do think that we will eventually get a tell all. And over that, I do think that like she will just get her freedom back. Well, you know something? I am a huge believer in manifestation. So uh, you and me both, we can both put that out into the universe and anybody listening. Cause I love, I like to think optimistically like that. I think it can only help. Yes. Yes. I agree. And there's all the people who are like, absolutely not. And I'm like, I literally can't think that way. Like it's just not, it's not possible. (laughs) No, I agree with you. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to ask you your podcast question right now. Okay. You're at a dinner table tonight you can only invite three people. Who are you inviting three celebrities at your dinner table Friday night? And where are you going actually, you know, outside of COVID? Well, actually, if we can do anything, can I like really just do it up? Yes. Okay. I think we're going to be at Kris Jenner's Palm Springs home in the backyard. Genius. And I would have Kim there. Absolutely. It's funny when people ask that question because it's constantly changing for me, like based on the week. But honestly, if we're talking this week, I would probably say Kim Kardashian, 
Megan Thee Stallion and Harry Styles. I think we could have some like really interesting conversations. I absolutely love that. I'm thinking, I just like keep going back and forth. I know for sure I'm doing Dolly Parton, Casey Musgraves. And then I don't know. I want to throw in another one. I'm somewhere in Texas, clearly at this point, like I'm on a farm. Um, (laughs) Oddly enough, I almost want to throw like, here's the thing. This doesn't make sense because I have Casey and I have Dolly, right? And I either want to throw in like Dua Lipa for some reason, even though it doesn't make sense or Jojo because I grew up with Jojo as like my favorite artist. And I know it's a weird mix, but I feel like I feel like I could pull it off, you know? You totally could. It's all about the confidence in yourself. If you're the host, like you can kind of set the vibe. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Where can they find you and listen to your show? Thank you so much for having me. You're so sweet. I like you have such a nice energy about you. Thank um, you. You can find it's at Comments by Celebs on Instagram. We also have Comments by Bravo, Overheard Celebs, Comments by Athletics, Athletes, et cetera. And then the podcast is just Comments by Celebs. On Monday, we do full-blown like pop culture breakdown. Thursdays, we recap episodes of Keeping Up. And then Fridays, Isabel and I do a full-blown Bravo show recap of every show that week. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I love you guys so much. Um, Be sure to check out Comments by Celeb on Instagram and their podcast. Love you guys. And I'll talk to you next Thursday.